Greetings, gamers. I'm Ben Ross. I'm Naomi. And I'm Superpal. And you're listening to Very Good Music, a VGM podcast. Hello once again, everybody. And before we get started here, I just want to give everyone a heads up. There was a little bit of an issue on the sound in the first little section of this show. So Shukapau is going to be notably absent. I have basically gone in and um, salvaged most of the conversation. Uh, Much of it was just Naomi introducing herself and kind of what we were talking about anyway. So not really that huge of a deal. And most of the episode is going to go on like normal. Um, Also, stick around uh, at the end of the show, and I am going to give a few little updates, tips, um, things to be looking forward to in 2021. But for now... um, Yeah, so in this episode, we were very excited to be joined by a lovely, lovely person who I first met on the Mercado, the Super Mercado Bros Discord, uh, the Mercado Fam Discord, as we call it, and uh, that is Naomi. Naomi is an artist, um, and I, of course, really enjoyed the art that was done by uh, Ben Dadaya Dishman and Kung Fu Carlito, uh, Carlos Leon Roman, um, who uh, designed our pixel portraits and then our drawn personas, respectively, for the show. But when I wanted to get something to serve as like the, the icon, the official show art, I kind of wanted to branch out a little bit more to somebody else, uh, but I knew I wanted to keep it in the podcasting community. Um, I did initially reach out to Carlos, uh, knowing that Ben has been really, really, really busy lately, and Carlos mentioned that he doesn't have a whole lot of experience in logo design. He made a few recommendations, but eventually I kind of made my own way to um, Naomi's work through her contributions to the creative corner in the Marcado discord which she talks about a little bit so yeah um coming off of the heels of our bonus episode three the two-part tribute to vgm podcasters it was really great to do this kind of short and sweet tribute uh you know compared to the other shows we do (laughs) with our um new favorite artist uh and yeah i'm gonna go ahead and let her introduce herself now Sure. Uh, well, thanks again for having me on. And I, I, I just want to say, I think it's so great that you um, you do uh, put so many things together with the community like that. Because uh, when I originally joined, I think, uh, yeah, it was this, the Mercado Brothers Discord um, where you saw my art. Uh, I, I, jo- I joined because I was a fan of the podcast and wanted to engage more um with with other folks who are listening and you know they do a lot of uh like listener engagement episodes and stuff like that and i didn't realize that um you know once i got on the discord they have like a create creative corner channel in there um and i'm i'm not actually a musician i'm like kind of trying to teach myself piano right now um but uh but i haven't i haven't played uh played music for a really long time uh and but I, I am I'm an artist. That's what that's what I do for my job, uh, and I do like to draw a lot of stuff that is kind of in the video game fan art realm as well. Um, so it was a probably a month or two of being in that chat room before I was like, um, 
started to feel comfortable that maybe I could start posting some of my art in that creative corner channel as well. Because there are a couple other people you mentioned, um, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito in the chat room. Uh, and a couple other people have, have been posting drawings in there. And so I thought, oh, this is a cool place where I can um, show some of my art and also get inspired by other people in the chat room who are like, not only doing art, but are just really enthusiastic about their favorite games and their favorite soundtracks. And so um, that would give me ideas of like who I could draw um, for practice or just for fun. Um, and uh, yeah, that's always fun when I get a recommendation for somebody about uh, a character I can draw and, and play around with. That's really cool. And yeah, that sounds like it was pretty good practice for, um, you know, the work you eventually did for us. <laughs> uh, we talk about that a little bit later. Um, and yeah, I was, I really admired your work a lot early on. And so you are also a webcomic artist. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? That's right. So, uh, I'm a comic artist based in Portland, Oregon. Um, and I have, uh, I make a, my own comic, which is a fantasy comic um, called Moonsprout Station. And that's like a queer comic in a fantasy setting that just mostly talks about um, relationships and explores um, different characters um, and relationships that they can have that sort of pays respect to um, different fantasy ideas and talks about them a little bit more realistically. Like if you were a character in this fantasy story, like how would that actually affect your relationships and feelings? Um, so that's a comic that I write and draw myself. Um, I also do illustrations and comics for other people. Um, I'm working on a comic right now for a local organization, a nonprofit organization called Pueblo Nido, um, that provides uh, support and legal aid to uh, immigrants who are facing deportation and detention. That is really cool. And yeah, I um, didn't know beforehand, but was really excited to find out that you're involved in a lot of philanthropic work. <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> and I did know after looking into some of your work, looking at your Patreon and reading a little bit of um, of Moonsprout Station, yeah, that you. Uh, you definitely make it a priority to emphasize you know, that you're trying to put a spotlight, um, positive spotlight on the queer community, which, uh, without getting too personal and too deep into it here, that is something that is uh, very important to me and the Shukapow and to Dusk, uh, Dusklight, uh, one of our um, uh, occasional co-hosts. And so it's really cool to kind of see that reflected in this area that we also have a shared interest in, of course, being the world of video games and video game music. Oh, thank you so much. That I mean, I uh, I really appreciate you saying that. It, it it kind of speaks to like some of the goals that I have with the project, which is to um, you know create the kind of stories that I've always um, loved and enjoyed, and definitely is influenced by video game worlds, the world building I see in video games, but also to have characters that have experiences and identities that mirror the ones of myself and the people that I love in my own life. So um, yeah, it feels great to hear that, uh, that you've read it a little bit and enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I hope that I hope that Shu Shukapau and Dusklight enjoy it as well. Yeah, I'm sure that they will. And that kind of leads us to um, some of what we're going to be talking about tonight, because one of the games that we're going to be discussing is Undertale, which of course, in like the characters of Undyne and Alphys, and in a lot of the fan work, yeah. um, 
you know, it really seems to speak to that community a lot. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with the game? Yeah, and myself and a, and some uh, some a lot of the other creators that I that are in my peer group were really influenced by that story. Like as soon as it, as soon as you know, one of us experiences that story, it's like you're never the same, <laughs> kind of. Um. <laughs> yeah, I definitely understand that. Uh, I only recently played through it, and I didn't actually get all the way through. I was doing like a neutral route, um, trying to get as close as pacifist as I could. But that doesn't stop me from really loving the story and loving the music. We actually, um, as you are probably aware, and a lot of our listeners are, just did uh, earlier this uh, season an episode, episode five, uh, an Undertale with Dusklight. It was a great episode. This is one of Dusk's favorite games, and so she like took us through the story of Undertale with some of her favorite musical moments from that story. So sort of by necessity, hit a lot of the high points of the story itself, but a lot of diverse music even in that. And we really only touched on maybe a quarter of the soundtrack. It's just a really, really phenomenal work. And of course, the the big showstopper from this game is Megalovania, um, which brings us to one of the characters on our art. Oh, yeah. So just to go into the... A decision that we had to do this kind of trio um, playing music in the desert. Um, when I first, uh, when you first approached me, at, yeah, I think it was in September when you first approached me about the design. Um, yeah, because we've been talking about this for a while. <laughs> That's right. I sent you a number of different design concepts, which we can also talk about later. Uh, but we eventually did settle on having. Um, a, a trio of characters playing in in the desert, and we can talk about how and how this came to be. Uh, but the o- the only character from the original trio that remains in the design today is Sans. Sans was the, was one of the first characters we decided to put in there. Um, not only because we all love Sans, and this was before actually your Undertale episode came out, where we talked you talked about in that episode how we all love Sans, um, uh, but also that Sans is just so, like, lyrical, musical, friendly, um, as long as you play the game that way, I guess, uh, and just, and just fit in really well with the aesthetic we were trying to capture on the album cover. I said aesthetic. I, we should probably keep track. I don't say that too many times. (laughs) (laughs) We'll make a, uh, we can make, like, a bingo card for this particular episode, and that'll be one of the words. (laughs) Yeah, Sans, of course, is a super popular character. Uh, Shukapau really, really loves and identifies with Sans quite a bit. Um, he had a uh, Sans like icon on his most recent favorite hoodie. Uh, I guess we need to get you one for uh, for your, your new hoodie. But we uh, he also went for uh, went as Sans for Halloween one year, and so no way. Um, yeah, Sans is big in our house. Dusklight had a crush on Sans for a while, and <laughs> of course, Megalovania is a, is a great tune. But yeah, as you said. Um, well, we'll talk a little bit throughout the episode of kind of how the evolution of the art from your early concepts and our back and forth about that to eventually landing on this idea of a trio, which, yeah, the first trio did include Sans. Um, and then how we kind of cycled through some other characters and eventually landed on the three that, well, that we landed on, uh, who are going to be the sources of, like, the music that we play in this episode. Mm. Yeah. But... We're going to talk a little bit about our history with each uh, series and each game as well. Sure so, 
Naomi, if you had to narrow it down, uh, because you said that you've got a song um, that we did not play on that Undertale episode, so I'm sure we'll, we'll so we'll talk a little about that here in a minute. But if you had to narrow it down, who would you say is your favorite Undertale character? Ah, uh, I think I have. There are characters who I like. I think are great for different reasons. Probably if I had to go full-on favorite, I would say Undyne. I think, like, Undyne is the character who I would want to be <laughs> if I, if I, as it was, uh, Undyne's like my under, my Undertale role model, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you could say the same thing for Dusklight. Uh, we played two Undyne songs in the episode, so yeah, we, we really like Undyne a lot as well. Yeah, so the, this first song, um, I came up with it because in, in this episode we're each gonna, uh, play one song of choice from uh, each of the series that's represented on the podcast cover art, um, and it was that it was a tough pick because you gave me first pick. Um, but uh, having just recently listened to your Undertale episode, uh, there is a favorite track of mine that, and and totally no judgment here because you have very good reasons for not playing. Um, this track um, but because I knew there was a track that I really loved probably probably my favorite track in the soundtrack uh, that you didn't play on the Undertale episode I was like oh this is too good an opportunity to throw this in here um, yeah so tonight we're gonna listen to Spider Dance from Undertale uh, which was released in 2015 for the PC uh, came out later for PlayStation 4, Vita, Switch, etc um, yeah and it's composed by Toby Fox Dance, Muffet's theme from Undertale, uh, Naomi's pick for tonight. And man, I, I love this song, and I just love the character of Muffet. She's so cute and creepy and just totally sort of epitomizes the vibe of Undertale for me. Um, 
If we hadn't let Dusklight pick the entire playlist, I think either Shukapau or I would have put this song on it. Like I mentioned earlier, we were hitting the high points of the story, and Muffet is not like a super essential character to the plot, um, so that's kind of why we skipped her. But, but yeah. Yeah. So you were saying if uh, if you let if you didn't let Dusklight pick the whole the full episode, you would have played this song. Right, yeah, because, um, like I said, Muffet's kind of special, meaningful to me, um, and obviously to you, too, because you, uh, you you picked the song. So. Yeah, exactly. I actually had so, yeah, to... Tell us a little about that. Oh, sure thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what uh, you're saying about... Um, yeah, I have a lot of similar feelings about the whole... Uh, uh, well, I shouldn't say aesthetic again. <laughs> about the, the way that... <laughs> about the character design, um, just everything about... The way that this character has bake sale, they've got multiple teapots. Um, I actually, but I did actually have to look up because um, when I played Undertale, I played through it with my friend Kevin, uh, who had played through it a number of times before. And so he helped me play through the route of the game that he thought that I would find most interesting. So I wasn't actually sure coming back to the track if it was, if Muffet was actually like a bonus character who you need to go out of your way to interact with or not. Um, and I don't think that she is, uh, but you're right that she's not actually part of the main story. And it turns out that, uh, she was one of the characters that got added after the Kickstarter, um, happened for the game. Uh, and she was actually designed by Michelle Tchaikovsky, uh, who's a web, also a webcomic artist. She makes a comic called Ava's Demon. Um, that's really like intensely beautiful. It's a full color painted webcomic. Um, so that's what gives that character some of their like unique style uh, and uh, and the way that the way that they operate within the game. Um, musically, oh yeah, that that might be a cool comic to check out. Um, musically, uh, and also just the way that to- Toby Fox actually reached out to a bunch of different independent artists um, in kind of the web comic scene to do a bunch of different character designs. Um, and that's something that I find really cool about that game in general. Um, musically, I think when I was playing through Undertale, uh, there were a couple of songs. So I, I have a habit. I'm not sure if it's a good one. If I know I'm going to play the game, I usually won't listen to the soundtrack at all until afterwards because I want to hear the song for the first time uh, like in the situation that occurs in the game. So I get that initial connection. Uh, and then when I listen to the soundtrack later, like I'll have reflections of those memories playing the game when I'm hearing the soundtrack. Yeah, I do kind of understand that. And I mean, obviously, you know, I feel like music is a really uh, pivotal part of the gaming experience. So yeah, I I hear what you're saying there. Yeah, although on the flip side, I I feel like I either miss or it takes me forever to get to a lot of good music that way. Like on the Marcado Bros podcast, they just did um, an Origami King episode. And I don't know when I'm going to play that game, but oh my gosh, the soundtrack is so incredibly good uh, that I'm really now itching to listen to the whole thing, even though I haven't played the game yet. Um, which is all just to say that when I was playing through Undertale, I was hearing all of these songs for the first time. And so a lot of those songs didn't stick out for me until a second or third listen. And that's when I thought, oh, this is that song that I heard when you're interacting with Metaton for the first time, or oh, this is a... Alpha's lab song, it has a really interesting loop or whatever. Um, 
But there are a couple of songs, Inspire Dance is one of them, where as soon as it came on during the game, I was just immediately charged up. I was so excited for whatever was happening right now um, because the song was so grabbing. And I don't know if I noticed the, the Spider Dance song is a variation on the dummy song, um, which you get to hear earlier in the game. And I don't know if I even noticed that when I heard it the first time. I was just like, this song is amazing. Yeah, you hear it at the ghost fight too, right? Um, yeah, I think Shukapau mentioned uh, ghost fight. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a song that really stood out to me in that time. And since listening to it again, it, it's just gotten better. Yeah, it's a really, really great song. Um, yeah, I think that is kind of a good segue to... Why don't you tell us a little about the design process? Of course, uh, you know, from my perspective, I reached out to you um, back like in August, September, and basically said, hey, I need a logo. I don't know what I want. I think you've listened to some of the show, so why don't you come up with something that kind of fits the vibe? Uh, you know, and uh, you asked me a few questions, um, and we talked a little bit, but then I basically was like, yeah, just kind of show me some ideas and I can, I can build on that. <laughs> so yeah, how did, how did that go from your side? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So I kind of had two approaches um, when I started the design process because I, I do have a lot of experience designing um, logos, both illustrated and not, um, for different things. And I also listened to your podcast a bit. So I had a little bit of an idea, uh, of the kind of vibe that you were going for. And you, you kind of gave, um, a little bit of a brief, but it was pretty open-ended, uh, about what you wanted other than that. It wouldn't be like a picture of YouTube, um, which is important to get out of the way because most podcasts that have a duo, uh, hosting the show, it, it's just their picture. <laughs> Um, that's very common. Uh, yeah, so certainly the first thing I did was to kind of go through my own podcast list. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, all different genres, um, and figure out what of those, which of those podcasts had covers that really stood out to me and what was it that made them stand out. Um, and there are a couple of, uh, a couple of kind of tenets to that. Um, one is that the logo, the actual title of the show has to be um, really prominent and clear uh, and also shows that have either a graphical logo that's very um, readable and clear or the portraits of some characters or um, real life people uh, that are simplified and really easy to read from a small size because you never know what size people are going to look at when they see this artwork. You want to make it something that either using color or simplified graphics, you can tell right away what it is. So with that in mind, I put together a bunch of different samples of graphics that I thought might work um, based on uh, those tenants and also the kind of hints that you gave me about the vibe you were going through, what I got from the show. Um, and so I, what I kind of narrowed down to was uh, a sort of like road trip. The, the idea of the road trip really stuck with me because... Um, well, I grew up in Los Angeles, and so driving, drive, long, long driving trips are definitely a thing for me. And that was one of the places where I really got into music for the first time. Because when I started driving, I was like, okay, the, the way I make this experience mine is by choosing the playlist. Um, 
And that's certainly an area where I got heavily into video game music as well. Um, so I, I definitely leaned into that theme visually. I, I designed some different logo treatments and the one we ended up picking um, is based on kind of like the roadside diner sign um, visual language. Um, I drew some desert backgrounds. There was a why the chocobo cross the road kind of joke <laughs> going on in there. Uh, and I think you hooked on to that one and um, oh yeah, and I did some other typographic type of treatments, but at the end of all of the design concepts, I started thinking about how to represent, um, because you have two sort of time-related themes going on in your podcast. One is the historical overview of video game music as it is. So like music from the very, very beginnings of video game music with original uh, Mario stuff and uh, and Mega Man and don't at me if you're an Atari person. I, I don't know that music very well. Uh, Spectrum ZX, I'm just getting into it. <laughs> uh, and also all the way up through modern music, but you also have the generational um, theme between you and Shoot Kapow and introducing different musical concepts and also music from like your past as a video game enthusiast. And so I started thinking about different ways that that could be expressed in the cover art. I started doing like these logos with Bowser and Bowser Jr. Um, one that uh, is pretty fun that I'm excited to show online that I drew was just like a very simple logo that has kind of like the squid inkling character, but then next to it, there's a very pixelated blooper from, they're called bloopers, right? From Super Mario Brothers. Um, and so, yeah, you can definitely see like a very, between the graphical style and also just the inclusion of those characters, you can see the historical difference there. The, the Inklings too, they're always wearing headphones. Um, and so I thought that would be a cool musical, uh, kind of musical tie-in. Uh, and then I just started drawing characters. Yeah, there are a lot of characters and a lot of different things here. Um, some highlights, and yeah, I, I think that uh, yeah, with, with your permission, of course, since uh, that these this is your work, we're uh -huh. gonna um, show some of the artwork on on the video on YouTube that we always have a video that we post. Yeah. Up. yeah so, but <laughs> I really love. I think my favorite has got to be the Chrono one. <laughs> <laughs> with it's um, you see Chrono just like standing and facing the crowd or looking at his back and he just got his fist in the air just like rocking this keyboard and um, I also really like the, uh, the the Bowser Bowser Jr. one with the, the whole like father kid thing it's really really cool stuff yeah yeah and I'd be excited to share in this in this video certainly yeah and that was kind of where that exploration led, led, led me to was like I'm just gonna start drawing characters doing musical things that express this idea of the different eras of video game music and kind of the young and the old. Uh, not that you're old, we're like practically the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no offense. <laughs> that, but yeah, that is a really cool aspect of the show, I think, that a lot of people have kind of gravitated to. And as I've talked about before, it's almost an accidental thing. Um, but then, so how did we get from characters doing musical things to the the campfire scene that we eventually ended up with yeah so the first once i did the chrono and inkling girl i just i i was like kind of inspired to keep drawing more of these characters um and i really have to thank you for how fun this project was because it's rare that i just get to draw my favorite video game characters um as part of my work day um i mean i can do it as practice but it's, it's kind of a you know, that's more of, a, of an indulgent 
thing for me. Um, so the first one I put together was Mario on the keyboard and KK Slider. And then I wanted like a as modern as possible example on the far right. So I did Cadence from um, Crypt of the Necrodancer and Cadence of Hyrule at like a weird kind of, I think I tried to draw like a MIDI fighter, like a beat controller type of thing to sort of give that um, more modern, more modern energy. Um, and then you took that and some of the sort of like Chocobo desert diner road trip um, drawings that I had done and combined those ideas to say, you know, you really like the desert landscape. You really like the campfire idea. Like, let's turn this band into the kind of main, main visual. Yeah, there was just something that really spoke to me about it. It's it's very nostalgic, the whole, like, camp feel, I think, for a lot of people when they were growing up. And nostalgia, of course, is a big part of what we do here. I also have to give a shout-out to the, the Dungeon Man um, <laughs> uh, image that was there for a little while. Yeah, and same here. I, I have to say that after I submitted that first round of images and you wrote back saying... Uh, the campfire is great. We really want to have, we really want to have this campfire trio performing. But Shoot Kapow says you really need to put Dungeon Man in there. <laughs> yeah. I I actually went on Discord and messaged like a graphic designer friend of mine, and I was like, look, I have to tell you, I just got the best client request that you're ever gonna get, <laughs> which is this is good, but you have to put Dungeon Man in there. <laughs> I was I was so proud to hear that. But yeah, there were quite a few beloved characters that um, made an appearance. Uh, for a little while there, we toyed with the idea of having Banjo and Kazooie in there in place of K.K. Slider. <laughs> which would have been pretty cool. Um, <laughs> don't know that uh, Banjo is quite as recognizable as K.K. Slider to everybody, but he is definitely a beloved character. Um, I actually had toyed very briefly with the idea of Cass until you showed me just just how, like, <laughs> what a task that would be. <laughs> yeah, um, it's interesting. You know, I really like that character too, um, and I think they're such a a neat addition to Breath of the Wild. But it's interesting when you look back um, at character designs. Um, the characters that we ended up settling on, they're all uh, based off of a visual language that comes from like an earlier generation of video games. And that's in part because like when you're drawing characters at a small size, you think about like the Super NES, like classic RPG characters, you don't have that much detail to work with. Whereas nowadays, like you get into a Zelda game, I mean, even Link, the main character's outfits, um, you know, they get they start to get pretty complicated when you zoom in. And so Cass, um, even though, you know, they're a very recognizable character in that game, when you only have the size of like a potentially very small podcast uh, cover art to work with, you're not going to get the same recognizability as someone like uh, K.K. Slider or uh, or any of the characters we settled on. And it's, it, that's interesting to lump uh, Sans into that because even though he's a very modern video game character, um, you know, all of the character designs in that game are super simple. Um, and Sans, Sans too, I think, was a character that was designed by uh, webcomic artist J.N. Weedle or Weedle. I don't know how to pronounce their last name. Um, but they, they have a lot of familiarity with doing those simplified character designs. 
Right, and is that the same artist that did the webcomic with the first, like, font-named skeleton that Sans and Papyrus kind of spun off of, or was that a different, was that a different thing? That's, that's right, you're, um, you're talking about a comic called Helvetica, and that was the inspiration for, for Sans and Papyrus. Helvetica, yes, that's right. Um, and... But yeah, you uh, mentioned Link a second ago, and uh, he did make an appearance very early on. Uh, of course, as you mentioned, a lot of his more modern um, looks are pretty detailed, very precise. And so you went with something that was not quite the the Toon Link style, but was a much much closer to that than anything from like Twilight Princess or Breath of the Wild, um, which, as you said, really fits the style that you ended up going for really well. And Link is maybe my favorite character in gaming despite the fact that he like never talks I just um, I love the Zelda games so much and Link's personality to me really does shine through despite the fact that he doesn't speak and I've just always he's 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 my favorite character to play as (laughs) and um, he was my smash main for the longest time and uh, so I definitely loved having him there but then you mentioned um we had talked about inkling girl we talked about uh, cadence being on there and um so inclusivity started being more i really wanted to have um a, someone there you know representing a different gender than just like you know the guys and so um i floated to you the idea i think this is how it went it's, it's been a minute now but i think i floated to you the idea of including zelda instead um, and uh, I think that that turned out very, very well. Of course, Zelda um, was, uh, she, she played the harp in Skyward Sword, uh, never as one of her two iterations, but it was cool to see you uh, implement the harp with a, a more tuned Zelda design in, um, in the finished product. Yeah, that was really fun, and I, I do think the combination worked well because the tune style fit better with the design that we already had um and also you know it's kind of the same character so um i suppose sticklers for like (laughs) cross-generational zelda activity uh might not be cool with the harp there but i think it i think it works great um another thing that i know was important to us was also representing uh not just diversity in the character roster that we drew but i think i really wanted to uh, because to me, each of these characters was representing a generation of video game music and more specifically a composer. When we had Link on there, it was kind of like the Ocarina of Time Link and or Kid Link. And that brings to mind, you know, Koji Kondo and the original melodies. But when you put in the Wind Waker style, the tune Link Zelda, you have a much um, larger breadth of composers that come to mind. Uh, and so I feel like, uh, and also Proto Man, um, Proto Man brings that diversity too because you have uh, Manami Matsumai in there um, being represented, and so I feel like that gave us uh, like a broader range of representation for the composers we were kind of alluding to with those characters. Yes, yeah, and I really liked that aspect as well. Um, and you're. 
um, I think that actually might be a decent place for us to segue to my track of the night. Um, we've been talking about the Zelda series, and of course it is a very special series to me, and so I was glad when you picked first Sans, and then Shukapau picked the Mega Man franchise to represent with his choice for the Knights, uh, because that left me with my favorite series to pick from. <laughs> and the track that I decided to go with... And I'll give you a second to pull this up on your end. Is um, it's a track that doesn't get a whole lot of airtime. Uh, it's it's a side quest in the Twilight Princess, and it. I don't believe this area is someplace that you have to go. If you do, it's it's not very involved, but you can do quite a bit of stuff here. Um, this is the Hidden Village from Twilight Princess, and for anybody who hasn't played the game, uh, Link turns into a wolf. You probably knew at least that. Um, and in this <laughs> town, you turn into a wolf, and there are a bunch of wild cats running around, this ghost town, basically. And you have to, like, hunt. Um, you're hunting for something. You're running around a town and digging. And while you do, this amazing, like, Western-style track is playing. And it's one of my favorite Zelda tunes ever because it's so different from anything else. And to me, when I look at this image that you that you made this um road trip western style video game campfire image out in the deserts this is the track that pops into my head um so from twilight princess uh, we are going to listen to hidden village
And that was Hidden Village from The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. This game was released simultaneously on the GameCube and the Wii. In 2006, it was composed by Toru Minigishi, who I am pretty sure was personally responsible for this track, uh, also with soundtrack contributions from Asuka Ota and Koji Kondo. Yay. <laughs> so yeah, what did y'all think of this? That was pretty good. Oh, that's a great track. Yeah, it's not, not very long for a Zelda piece. A lot of them tend to go a little bit longer than that unless they're played on a arena. But, um, but yeah, this one is just so much fun. It's, like I said, so different than anything else. And I love that. I've always loved that Western-style sound in games. I've, I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't done an episode about that yet. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good theme. So, yeah, so that is my pick from The Legend of Zelda. So... Weird. Yeah, it brought me brought me right back the the motif that it brings in of the kind of the main overworld theme brought me right back into <laughs> my memories of playing Twilight Princess. I guess I I only played that game for the first time a couple of years ago, so the music's still pretty fresh to me. Very cool. Yeah, I need to go back and play Twilight Princess. I didn't play it right when it first launched because it took us a little while to get a Wii, actually. Yeah, um, same. But I did play it, gosh, it must have been at least 10 years ago now since I played. And I need to go back and go through it again, especially with um, HD. I haven't picked up Twilight Princess HD, but I've heard that is the way to play it now. And um, We have Wind Waker HD. We do have Wind Waker HD, and I love it. That, that's that's the first time I ever actually beat that game. <laughs> um but I need to go back and play. I have borrowed Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword from a friend, but they're just they're just too many games. <laughs> yeah, and it's a um, surprisingly long. It one. really is. Uh, At least for me, it, it took quite a while to get. Oh yeah, through. no, for sure, it, it did for me as well. And at the time, it was just it was enormous. Um, one area of Twilight Princess's map was the size of the whole map in Ocarina of Time, and of course now. You can say pretty much the yeah. same thing for Breath of the Wild in relation to Twilight Princess's map, but yeah, it really was. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But it was very dense. There was just so much to do, and um, it, it famously, the introduction actually takes several hours to get past even like the initial phases of the game. Sounds like Pokemon. <laughs> and <laughs> Pokemon, like I played you know. maybe an hour of Pokemon Shield today, and I'm. Uh, like, I'm still in that intro. I'm doing that solo <laughs> run. Um, yeah, Pokemon is one of... Actually, one game that did not appear in some of these rundowns. I um, noticed that when I looked back. I didn't see... You know what? No, that's not true. Because you did do some drawings um, that we haven't talked about yet that were just... Um, they didn't feature the trio. Um, they had like the different instruments or just different symbols from right. the games. Dusklight actually pointed out the uh, earlier when we were recording um, and talking about some of those, pointed out the picture of the poke flute, mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool. Yeah, there were a couple that were more instrument focused, but I, I can't think of a... I feel like there might be a scene in the Pokemon anime where Meowth plays the harmonica or something as like a gag. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I can't think yeah. of any... I guess you could put Jigglypuff, right? Singing, but then everyone else would be asleep. <laughs> yep, and then there's right. Shadot, which is like the, yeah. the Mockingbird Pokemon with a, a, no, an eighth note for its head. 
There's a, yeah, there's Meloetta. There are a lot of uh, musical Pokemon, but the one that I think is really like the only recognizable one to people outside of Poke fandom would probably be Jigglypuff. <laughs> and you're right that uh, that would make it a little bit hard <laughs> for <laughs> for the other characters to stay awake. Uh, so we opted there are not to. A lot to, of fire uh, Pokemon in Generation Four. You've got you've got Infernape and you've got Ponyta. Yeah, I guess. And oh, that's fair it. enough. Yeah. <laughs> the only two fire Pokemon <laughs> in Generation 4. And actually, uh, now that we're talking about it, I do remember running by Shoot Kapow um, what kind of musical Pokemon there were so that I could uh, maybe run some ideas by you when we were still uh, spitballing. But yeah, didn't really come up with anything. Uh, which led us to um, the inclusion of possibly a Mega Man character to round out our little trio. And you settled on, well, I don't remember which of our ideas it was. Um, I remember yeah, talking I about Proto you, Man. Yeah, I believe that I, I said a Mega Man character might be good because of the composer, the composer representation. And I, yes. I feel like you might have come back to me with Proto Man specifically. Um, that makes sense because you know he's got that iconic whistle, so he's automatically a musical character. Um, uh, all of the robots, you know, there's rock and roll, and then Proto Man is blues, and so there's nice. that musical element. And Proto Man debuted, of course, in um, Mega Man Three, which was composed by nice. Yasuaki Fujita, but also by Harumi Fujita, uh, who um, was one of the big female composers at Capcom at the time. Um, and along with uh, Manami Matsumai, uh, really is responsible for a lot of great early VGM. And yes, Base. and then there's Bass and Treble, and a little bird. His name is Beat. Um, right. Rush, which of course is a musical term. Um, that's what uh, that's what drummers like to do, and <laughs> and yeah. So we settled on Proto Man. Fire does. <laughs> yes, true. And I love that he's got this little harmonica because it really plays up the <laughs> blues element. And he just looks so cool with his his sunglasses on his helmets and. Um, even though it's nighttime, you know, <laughs> yes. we don't want to read no, too much into that. No, he definitely, I definitely wanted to give fire. him that that cool blues loner vibe. Yes, he's is, staring into the fire. That's why he has the sunglasses on. It is definitely very, very cool. Um, and uh, before we we get into our little bit of Mega Man talk here, I do also want to point out, uh, of course, um, when Chukapau described it earlier, he mentioned the Mario, uh, the classic note block. Um, the ocarina from Legend of Zelda, I've but no blocks from Minecraft. But there is, um, well, there's only so much <laughs> space on a podcast image, <laughs> which we keep coming back to. I'm not going to put one two other... different note blocks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm picturing what that might look like, like the Mario note block on the left, and then the Minecraft note block on the right. That might have been kind of <laughs> cool. But uh, mm-hmm. um, and Naomi and I have actually talked about the possibility of maybe revisiting this and updating it for a future season or something like that with like a rotating roster, but um, we haven't uh, we haven't decided on anything, um, you know, set in stone. But there is one other shout out, uh, visual shout out on this image, and I want to see if you can point it out, Shukabao. What other game do you see maybe being referenced somewhere in this logo? 
Flappy Bird. No, the wings are not Flappy Bird. <laughs> Those are the same wings that you might see on a strawberry. Celeste? In Celeste, yes. <laughs> Whoa! Um, Hidden reference. Yep, yep. which, uh, of course, does bring us back to the, the inclusiveness, because, um, as we know, uh, Lena Rain has um, recently come out as trans and mentioned that um, uh, finally it laid to rest the long-running um, theory that Madeline is as well. And so bringing some of the, the inclusion in there... Full circle. We should play Pig Step under this, because it's one of Lena Rain's most recent compositions. Pig Step? Oh, yeah. from Minecraft. Yeah. Okay, maybe you do. You do like to recommend the under music for our conversations. Yeah. What's Dusk Light? Actually confirmed that trans. That's what I just said. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Dusk Light chiming in to to yes confirm that it was confirmed that Madeline is trans. So. <laughs> Yay. All right. All right. Um. Yeah, and so, I'm huge, huge fans of uh, everybody on the team that puts Celeste together. I think they have a new studio name now. Um, but yeah, Maddie Thornton is the lead developer behind that game. They're they're really great. Um, yeah, I just I just love everything they do. I actually drew those wings initially. They were I was looking at the Undertale like. It's not a logo, but it's a seal that you see, like on oh, Toriel's yeah, the outfit. Rune. Yeah, yes. the rune. Um, and that was originally why I drew those. And so I kind of love that it has, uh, I mean, it could be seen as a double reference, but <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> I, think cool. it, I think it makes sense that you saw them much, uh, much more clearly as the wings. Like, I'm very happy to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to have that be the record. <laughs> well, here we are embodying because that I, whole... I do, love, um, I do love Celeste. Yeah, here we are embodying the whole, um, you know, that, that long um, and storied debate of uh, who puts the meaning in the art. Is it the artist or yeah. is it the observer? And, yep. <laughs> so, and yeah, of course, well, why, why can't it be both? It's everybody. So, <laughs> but yeah, very cool. Um, the... Are there any other um, references with regard to the logo, like um, uh, the lettering that you used that you wanted to mention? Oh, sure. Yeah. To? So the lettering actually kind of has two hidden. <laughs> has well, the lettering is kind of yeah, it's kind of like a bit of a mishmash. But um, you know, initially, I think, and in the last uh, time we spoke, we talked about how we're kind of going for um, in a road road trip Americana like neon diner sign aesthetic um and i very much wanted to maintain that but at some point when we, you were talking about um typography you mentioned the banjo the banjo kazooie logo and that just has such a like um you mentioned like playful as a verb you really or as a yeah as a um adverb yes playful no <laughs> adjective playful <laughs> i guess adjective. Playful's yeah playful adjective. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned playful as a as a way that you like to describe the vibe of your show, uh, and the, I, and that fits the banjo kazooie logo very well. It has this kind of jaunty, fun typography, and so uh, I looked at that, and I also, for some reason, well, I guess for good reason, banjo kazooie and Donkey Kong Donkey Kong Country style are kind of tied together in my mind. And so with that, um, gave me the idea to do the second O in the Very Good Music logo as a star, 
as kind of a throwback to Donkey Kong Country, like star barrel design. Um, and also, of course, Kirby, uh, which is full of music that we all love. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, to kind of be part of there, too. Yep, I did toy with the idea of maybe having Kirby on the mic uh, in the picture, but that presented oh, yeah. not the exact same problem as Jigglypuff, but everybody else would have exploded. So, <laughs> Yeah, and there is an earlier yep. sketch, which you'll see, um, one of the ones that has Dungeon, Dungeon Man in it does have like a little Kirby flying by in a star in the background. Yes, yes, I love that. Definitely keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, I'll, I'll throw it back up on, on the video now if I can remember while I'm editing. Because <laughs> I, I just, I love that image with Dungeon Man and Kirby so much. And um, oh, it's just so cool. There, there's, there's so much about everything that went into this logo that just... Um, brings out all of like twelve-year-old Bedros nostalgia for these games, and <laughs> it's it's just perfect. I love it so much. If I haven't gushed enough, <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yeah, I have to say, uh, yeah, it felt similar. Um, you know, like I said, I don't have too much opportunity to just sit down and have fun drawing these types of characters. And um, one of the things that got me into drawing in the first place was when I was younger. And I didn't always have access to the new video games that were out, um, or some, in some cases at all. Um, you know, I'd sit down and just draw these characters, and I could very rarely draw them to my satisfaction, where I really felt that they were embodying the liveliness that they had in their original illustrations. And so to be able to come back to some of those characters, like Proto Man um, or Zelda characters, and do that is always really, really fun. Well, I'm very glad to have been able to give you the opportunity, and I envy you as well. Um, Dusklight, my daughter, is a uh, is an artist, a visual artist, um, and uh, as, right. as are you. And uh, Shukapau, of course, is um, a composer. Um, and I have done some dabbling in composition before. I am not by any stretch a visual artist. Uh, even if I committed myself to it, I don't really think I could get too far beyond anything like Undertale level when it comes to art. <laughs> um, I just, I don't have the manual dexterity for it. I don't think there's something about, um, I don't know, something about an artist's eye that I just don't have. Um, my skill set really lies, I think, in more like connecting and refining and taking something that is there and trying to maybe show it in a, in a new light and bring something new out of it or bring some new appreciation to it. But um, I really super, super admire and respect creatives like uh, like all of you. And yeah, glad to be able to give you the opportunity to stretch those creative muscles in a, in a fun way and in a way that was really enjoyable for you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I do know that uh, you certainly have, um, well, I guess I don't know if I would call it an eye for detail, but you definitely have uh, paid a lot of uh, great attention to detail. And I do think that is something that's important, um, even if you're not making visual art, to be coordinating it, uh, coordinating a piece of visual art like we did with this podcast cover. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine likes to joke that um, I really... I my skill set shines when I have somebody else's work to work with, <laughs> um, which is not untrue. Yeah, I, um, that's definitely a real thing. Yeah, I'm much more of an editor than I am a creator, and um, and I enjoy it. I, I really do enjoy it. Um, but uh, I also really, really enjoy 
playing games, and one of the games I actually spent quite a bit of time on earlier this year was the Mega Man Legacy Collection. I only got up through about halfway through part six before I fell off the wagon. I was uh, actually playing Mega simultaneously six. with um, a friend from another podcast community, Dan Loughton, who um, is a fellow fan of several other VGM podcasts, and he has gone all the way through. I'm pretty sure that he he went through and played all the Mega Man classic games, 1 through 11, uh, whereas I stopped at 6. But after Mega Man 3, Proto Man is in all of them. So, uh, Shukapow, uh, I think that that is going to bring us to your pick for the Knights. Um, you had toyed with the idea of bringing something from a Mega Man X game or even a spinoff because... For once, I gave you absolutely no boundaries. I said you can pick anything from any Mega Man game. I mean, that's a boundary. It has to be from Battle Mega Network. Man. Battle <laughs> Network. <laughs> and uh, you kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, you actually did pick something based on a song from Proto Man's original game, Mega Man 3. Why don't you tell us a little about what you picked and how you came to your decision? All right. I have brought Snake Man's theme from Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yes. Why this version of this theme? I don't know. It's just better than the original. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far because I'm <laughs> nostalgic for, for, for those chippy sounds. <laughs> and as you know, Mega Man 3 is my favorite Mega Man soundtrack. We already talked about that on our last season finale. And we're going to be talking about this theme a little bit more uh, Either that or we just talked about it really recently, like I said. Not sure exactly when this podcast is going to drop, but Snake Man's theme is probably going to feature on our final episode of the year, our 2020 in review episode. So I'm not going to talk too much about it now, but um, before we get into the track, Naomi, uh, what is your um, musical or gamer history with the Mega Man franchise? Oh, Mega Man was one of the first games that I ever played. Um Back before I had um, any home consoles, uh, I would go to a friend's house, um, and I remember, can't remember if um, he owned the games or if uh, if he had just rented them, but I remember playing through both, or I remember playing primarily Mega Man 3, and so it's actually some of the earliest, not just video game music, but just, play, just plain music that... Um, that I remember kind of sticking in my head and, and remembering. Very cool. Yeah, I talked some on our first season finale about uh, my early experiences also with Mega Man 3, and it, it's, it's really one of my defining gaming experiences. And um, I yeah. didn't really start noticing video game music a lot until Sonic 3 and Link to the Past. Those were the first two games that really jumped out at me. But when I did start to really garner an appreciation for them and went back to some of my old games, of course, Mega Man was one of the series that jumped out to me right away because it's just so fantastic. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and get into the Snake Man remix from Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. <laughs> Thank you. 
fascinating that they go into like a synth lead after the after the B section. It's kind of like one of the It's kind of like one of the Final Fantasy 7 remake tracks where they like play a alternate version of the song and like then they play it more akin to the original composition to be like, yeah, we made our own version, but also here's the old sound. <laughs> uh, speaking of Final Fantasy 7, Mega Man 7 and Final Fantasy 7 were both like really different from the first six. <laughs> but Final Fantasy 7 did much better than oh. <laughs> Mega Man 7. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah, they were they were definitely departures from the style of the games that came before them, but Mega Man 7 was just okay on a good day, whereas Final Fantasy 7 is yeah. one of the icons of the industry now. That's a good point. The music <laughs> in Mega Man 7, though, is actually really good. The Marcado Bros actually, I think they did either a feature on it, or they, they featured it pretty heavily fairly recently. And, um... Yeah, they have a whole episode. I, I think yes. I think that's the only time I've I've ever really heard it, but it it was a good episode. It really was. But Chukpao, tell us a little about that track. Uh, so, this was originally released for Mega Man Three uh, in nineteen ninety, um, and composed by nineteen ninety. Yes, by uh, composed by Aswaki Fujita. But this remake was released when. Oh, yeah, it was released in 2018 with Smash Ultimate for the Switch. Mm -hmm. Composed by uh, Hideki... No, the arrangement supervisor was Hideki Sakamoto. Right. Hideki Sakamoto, uh, most famous for some of his work with... uh, with Hudson on the Bomberman series. Also did some work on Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Explorers of Time and Darkness. Um, And... Yeah, not a whole lot else that I am super familiar with. Was apparently the music director on Castlevania Judgment, which, speaking of games that are widely panned, um, <laughs> but I tell you, did a great job on this one. And yeah, Naomi, you were talking about the instrumentation. I love the violin that like opens up the piece, and then it definitely does go some places. <laughs> yeah, I felt like it was. Uh, I was playing like a JRPG from sometime within the last five years, like Xenoblade Chronicles or something. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. It was just. It was really, really good. Love that theme so much. Snake Man is one of the weirdest robot masters. Like he's just. He's a robot wearing a snake costume. How are snakes? He shoots snakes <laughs> out of his snake hand. <laughs> and, and why Doctor Wiley decided to make a snake a snake man? I. You know what? I actually have to look it up because all the robot masters were created for some reason like Backstory. they have a job yeah like the and the first ones they were all invented by dr light uh okay so he's a robot master with a snake motif created by dr wiley and dr light to investigate narrow areas and survey topography on uninhabited planets marked for development mm. <laughs> that does not explain why the robot looks like a he snake was well well. to <laughs> shoot snakes up walls I don't think the outfit is explained by that description. It's really not. Like, he's a humanoid robot. Maybe. Maybe he actually can, like, shrink into just the snake helmet form and become, like, just this bigger version of the snakes he fires. Snake. Um, mm. And then, like, he Kinda has like his... Uh, Solid yeah. snake. Yeah, yeah. Metal snake. Robot snake. 
Metal snake. <laughs> yeah, metal snake. And then, yeah, he has this humanoid form that he can appear in so that he doesn't, like, completely creep people out. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> but, yeah, he, like, fires snake. his little... Uh, snake! Snake! But, yeah, he, like, fires his little snake guys as, um, like, to go into the areas that he can't go to and explore where he can't get. Um, and also to chase Mega Man up walls, apparently. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was really fun um, uh, before we get into our little bonus uh, area here at the end uh, Naomi what else would you like to say about the artwork and about this wonderful journey that we kind of went on together um, in making the logo for the podcast oh gosh I don't know I think we uh, actually went through it pretty thoroughly I mean we did go over you know, how we came to the trio. Um, I mean, I think color-wise, that was, uh, you know, sometimes coloring in artwork can be uh, a lot of trial and error and, and confusion, but because you had that desert nightscape um, idea from the get-go, it was pretty pretty clear direction to, to know where to go there. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, think, I think we went over it pretty well, unless you have any other questions about the overall process or digital art or anything like that. No, like you said, it's really fun watching uh, things come together like that. And I think my only other question about the art itself is uh, for both of you. If you could pick a fourth character that we could somehow squeeze into this picture, who would you pick? Oh, gosh. What would they be playing? Mm. (laughs) I know my answer, but Mm. I want to let you go first. Oh, so you already have one. You already have one prepared. Yeah, so <laughs> wouldn't be fair of me to put you on the spot like that. <laughs> I suppose the obvious choice. Well, there was an earlier version where we had a chocobo. Um, I do like the idea of having a chocobo in there to, like, you know, roaming across the desert, that kind of thing. Um, yep, that would be really cool. There's also. Uh, you know, when you th- when you think about campfires, another kind of obvious um, option would be to have a boom oh, yeah. um, hiding <laughs> behind them, uh, <laughs> like they're all telling ghost stories around the fire, and uh, maybe like a boo a boo creeps up on them or something like that. I don't know <laughs> what they would play. I don't know either. That's interesting. That's cool. What about you, Shukapal? Mm. Oh, maybe, maybe Boo could have like a little carry-on bone xylophone that it could be playing. <laughs> oh, <if you laughs> oh, that would be band, amazing. The, the xylophones you can march around with. What do you think? Mm. Well, while you're thinking about it, I'll go ahead and say mine. So I would definitely bring back KK Slider. Um, oh, yeah. I uh, I loved um, mm. I loved the way he looked. I think one of the reasons also that I decided to sub him out for somebody a little more colorful was that he looked, he had kind of similar color scheme to Sans, minus Sans' iconic blue jacket, and I I thought that might possibly bring just a little bit of homogeneity to the image where um, um, we really wanted something that kind of popped, something that was vibrant and would stand out among all the other logos, but he's just perfect for the scene. Um, yeah, and I agree. What about you? What do you think? Probably KK Slider. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Good enough. 
It is good to have a. It would be. It, it is good to have another. You know, guitar guitar playing character in there. Aren't too many of That's those. That's true. You got. I guess I would probably d- dig into like. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but one of my main main favorite genres of video games is ri- rhythm and musical games. Oh yeah, cool. And so. You know, I immediately thought of like, well, Guitaru Man obviously should belong in there, but like n- nobody else played that game, right? <laughs> oh yeah, Guitaru Man. Yes, of course. Yeah, for PlayStation Two and later for. I feel PS2, like a lot of the VGM fans would totally love that reference, but anybody who was just kind of new to the scene would be sure. like, "Who is this supposed to be? What's going on?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, and how could we forget like Parappa the yep. Rapper? Yep, Parappa the Rapper. You got, um, this is not a musical or rhythm game, but uh, Parappa always reminds me of um, uh, the monkey guy in Samba de Amigo. Um, oh, sure. Um, Barbara the Bat, actually, who is a Smash Bros. assist trophy, originally appeared in a right. composition game Jam called with Jam the with the Band. Band. Yeah. That um, Skeletroy, yeah. who composed the theme song for the show, uses to do all of his uh, SNES Thrash remixes. Oh, no um, way. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. really cool. So, I actually, I also really, really love music and rhythm games. Maybe when we finally get around to doing um, a topic, uh, you can come back and join us for that episode. Oh, I would be so, so very, um, <laughs> yeah, so feel so very welcome to be uh, in, in an episode like that. All right, we will definitely put that down for some time in 2021. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that sounds amazing. But okay, let's um, go ahead and get into our little bonus special here. Uh, we do have one fourth song that we're going to close out with after um, Naomi tells us everywhere uh, that uh, that she can be found. <laughs> and um, but before we get to that. Um, we're going to try to guess what that song is because when we were talking about what tracks we were going to pick for this episode, uh, you mentioned that you have got a, a favorite Zelda track that we haven't played yet, but that you thought it... As far as I know. As far yeah. as you know, yeah. But that you thought it might not be... Um, it, you know, that, that um, this bonus episode might not be the best place to debut it, but um, I respectfully disagree. I um, I think it would be great to commemorate your first guest spot on the show with this, uh, your favorite Zelda track. And oh, <laughs> so you. you and I have been going back and forth and you've been giving me some hints as to what it might be. Like you told me that you think it's been in two mainline Zelda games. And so my mind went to... Mm-hmm. Um, a link to the past and a link between worlds, since the you know they're they're related to each other in that way. But you said no, it's not those. So I am frankly stumped, and so I think it might be fun for you to throw a few more hints out to me and Chu Kapow. And no, actually, I guessed Ocarina of Time early on, and she said it's not from that either. Wind so, Waker and Phantom Hourglass. Okay, hold on, hold on. So, um, okay, I guess so. Yeah, Naomi, he guesses. You mentioned two mainline Zelda games. Is it a song from Wind Waker and Phantom Hourglass? Um, so you're close. It is definitely in one of those games. Um, but the, but it is the second game that it is in is not Phantom Hourglass. Ooh, so it's something in Wind Waker and something else. Hyrule <gasps> okay. Warriors? I think yeah. I know what it is. I you know I what do. it is now, and huh? And we have not played this song, and it is also one of my favorites. I thought it might be. But that's part of the reason why I thought you might want Spirit to... Spirit Tracks! Uh, nope, not Spirit Tracks. If I'm right, it's it's not in Spirit Tracks. But that was the last Tomb game, wasn't it? 
maybe that means its reappearance was not in a Toon game. But then there weren't any other sequels to... Okay, I'm going to give Shugapau a hint <gasps> that is going to give him the answer that I think it is, and then you can tell us if we're right. Okay, that sounds good. This is Dusklight's favorite Zelda track. What's your favorite Zelda track? I mean... <laughs> you just said her real name. That's okay, Josh, I can leave it out. <laughs> Josh, what's your favorite Zelda track? Uh, I don't know. It's the one from Wind Waker, isn't it? Um, Ooh, it's Dragon Roost Island, isn't it? Yeah, Dragon Roost Island. I like Dragon Roost Island. Is it Dragon Roost Island? All right. Ba-da-da-da. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Oh, that's amazing. That is a really, really great tune. And Sukapau, what is the second game that it appeared in? We were talking about Cass earlier. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the Reno Village in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very good, which is a great rendition. I am still kind of partial to the first one, but I, I love oh, it. Definitely. It's one of my favorite tracks in Breath of the Wild. And and probably, I don't know, it's hard to say if it's my favorite track in Wind Waker because Wind Waker is just so jam-packed full of great music. But it's it's up there. It, it's a fantastic choice. And no, I, I can't think of a better song to go out on tonight. So very, very, very cool. Well, thank you so much. It was, it was fun to fun to watch the process as you you both guessed it. I knew you would get it eventually. <laughs> well, very cool. So yeah, we got to watch you go through the process of um, coming up with this fantastic logo, and then you got to watch us go through the process of guessing your songs. So uh, that's exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but oh man, uh, Naomi, this has been a delight. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode and for working with our family's crazy schedule to um, record on, not on one, but two nights. <laughs> Oh, it was absolutely my pleasure. Um, you know, I really, as as I built the logo, I um, and the, the the cover art, I listened to more and more of the episodes, and yeah, I've I've definitely become become a regular listener of the show, and so it's uh, yeah, it's really um, a pleasure and and an honor to to spend some time chatting with you uh, about this, you know, musical subgenre that we both really enjoy. Definitely, oh, the so. Legend of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely so, very, <laughs> very much. And so why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners, as if they can't see it in the show notes every single week, uh, where can they find you? Oh, thank you so much. Um, sure thing. Uh, yeah, so the best place to find me is on Patreon at patreon.com slash Naomi Rubin. That's N-A-O-M-I-R-U-B-I-N. Um, I also publish a fantasy comic, Moonsprout Station, for free. Uh, that anyone can read at moonsproutstation.com. All right. Very cool. So as always, links will be in the show notes. So everybody, go ahead and go check those out. As usual, you can write into the show at verygoodmusicbgm at gmail.com. You can find Shukapow at Shukapow on Twitter. Yeah. You can also go to YouTube to comment on this and all of the other videos and episodes and uh, listen to playlists that include um, not necessarily just the songs we play in the episode, but maybe also some runners-up or some in-between songs. And you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash VGMVGM, where you can get access to some cool bonus features. And Shukapal, am I forgetting anything? Check out my music. Where? On flat.io. Lloyd are reading for Smash. 
<laughs> and maybe, hopefully, someday soon, you will get to change the name of your Flat.io <laughs> accounts. <laughs> Shukapau has got this conspiracy theory because um, Sephiroth actually just uh, recently was announced. Yeah, we well, as we record, um, Sephiroth was recently re- announced. And I don't know if we were actually recording when we talked about it earlier. So, yeah, we mentioned that... Uh, Lloyd's costume is the only one that has not reappeared from Smash 4, mm-hmm. which Shukapau thinks makes it very likely that Lloyd will be one of the last three characters revealed. So, Either that or one of the last <laughs> me 15 costume. or so me costumes. Right. Watch, it's going to be somebody else from Bandai Namco, and Lloyd's going to be the me costume. <laughs> uh, that's depressing. <laughs> uh, what a great note to end on. But, okay. Um... I think that that is going to do it for us. I wouldn't do that, though. He's like the number one voted in Japan. Yeah, Nintendo would never do anything that would make their fans unhappy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, uh, everybody, thank you for joining us tonight. We will see you next time. Naomi, thanks once again. Oh, thank you, too. So, uh, until next time, I'm Bed Ross. And I'm Shukapau. Play very good games. Be very good people. And keep listening to very good music. Hi, everyone. So, okay, I'm going to turn this down just a little bit. I mean... Everybody knows this song, right? It's it's awesome. I'll let it play a little bit when I'm done. But a little bit of quick top-of-the-show business. First of all, uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, it is really, really exciting to have had you along for this trip. And uh, sorry I didn't get this episode up on the first, like I had originally planned. But then it worked out fairly well uh, for you know me to have one more weekend and then let it out on Tuesday. Uh, the Tuesday in between episodes. So this is the official, I guess, first bonus episode. Well, first episode of the new year even though it's a bonus. Um, The first episode proper, of course, will be one week from today, as you're hearing this, uh, Platformers with Prof. Jeff. Two weeks after that, we're going to be doing our Zelda Towns episode, and then two weeks after that, we will be releasing our two-part special of Mega Man X versus Mega Man X 3 featuring Skeletroy. We have already recorded it. It was a blast. It's going to be jam-packed with fantastic music, and I really hope that you all enjoy it. Uh, we're also planning on possibly a little bonus episode in February that y'all can probably figure out what the topic's going to be. We're not going to make it too schmaltzy. I know it's kind of a divisive day for a lot of people, but I promise we'll keep it upbeat, keep it happy. And then we're going to be getting into Season 3 which is kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh, Number one, season three is going to be a little bit shorter. Uh, We had toyed with the idea of keeping kind of how we started, which was sort of accidentally a spring, summer, and then fall, winter um, schedule, which is what seasons one and two have been. But I don't know. I'm a calendar guy, and I kind of like the idea of having a January to June schedule and then a July to December schedule. So I think that's where we're going to go after season three. So season three is going to be a little bit shorter. We are going to try to pack more things in. Uh, If you are a patron, you can go to patreon.com and see the tentative schedule that we have up. We currently have four open slots, and those are going to be for our patron picks. We have a poll up on Patreon as well. One dollar a month can get you access to these polls, to this... um, 
this schedule and to a shout-out on every episode for you and for any work that you would like us to shout-out. So um, if you would like to, go to patreon.com slash vgmvgm and, uh, you know, sign up. Like I said, $1 a month. If you can spare it, uh, I know we all are still we're sort of in the midst of this COVID crisis, so whatever you can do. And you know what? If you would like to know what it is that we're doing, but you can't afford to be a patron, just shoot me an email. Very good music, vgm at gmail.com. And, you know, we can talk about it a little bit. I love fan interaction, so I will jump at the chance to, you know, have uh, any more communication with anyone who is out there but just hasn't really found a good way to, uh, to interact yet. Um, on that note, we also uh, now officially have a Discord. I will be posting a link in the show notes of this episode on YouTube. So uh, if you haven't checked it out, it works just kind of like a chat room. And um, you can click the link, go there. It's not super jumping right now, but I have been making a few announcements there. And, uh, you know, you can come, interact. It's a place to leave your comments about the show. And... Yeah, so be looking for that as well. Um, <clears throat> the So Season 3 is going to end in June. And for Season 4, I think we're going to start kind of a new-ish thing. Um, the second half of the year, second season of the year, is always going to have fall in it. So I think we're going to start doing what is called a fall focus, where we're going to do a season-long feature on a certain, like, macro topic. Um, composers, series, consoles, um, uh, you know, d different ideas that we have where we can kind of fit a whole, like, series of episodes, a season full, where we have, like, that's kind of our guiding focus for each episode. And then in the spring season, we'll do more of, like, grab bag stuff, sort of the random... Uh, ideas that don't really fit anywhere else, like, you know, games we haven't played before or, you know, stuff like that. Some of the stuff you've heard in, in this season. Um, that'll sort of enable us to kind of tick off some of the common things that you might hear in a podcast without getting too tropey, um, still having some randomness in there from time to time. But I think that is going to just about do it. Um, probably getting ahead of myself a little bit, but you know what? Getting, having goals and making them public keeps me doing this and keeps me from procrastinating too much. So, um, as always, any ideas are welcome. We love to hear from y'all. You can talk to Shukapow at Shukapow on Twitter. Um, you can find us on Discord now. You can talk to us on YouTube. Just search Very Good Music, VGM Podcast. You can download this pretty much anywhere. Our home is anchor.fm slash VGM And one last time, if you like the show and you would like to support us, would like access to some kind of cool stuff, check us out on patreon.com slash VGM You can also always email us requests, comments, complaints, sarcastic remarks, dad jokes, whatever you want at VerygoodMusicVGM at gmail.com. Thanks once again for joining us. Happy New Year, and we will see you next week. Now, let's get back to Dragon Roost Island.
And while we listen to it, I'm going to look up all of the composer information because there's a lot. <laughs> oh, and Shukapow, I don't know if I've told you, but at the end of the episode, we're going to play a little game. I have been trying to guess a track from Naomi. She said that she's got a... Uh, a a Zelda tune. Right, a favorite yes, Zelda track. a favorite track. Zelda track <laughs> that uh, she would have picked if she had had the Zelda franchise to pick from. But at first you said you thought it was um, it, it was too good for this little bonus episode. Um, I, uh, <laughs> but I, I am so excited to find out what it is. And uh, she's going to give us some hints and see if we can see if we can guess. Okay, I'm trying to pull up the song too, but I think my audio is being stolen by Discord. Oh, gotcha. Um, but maybe if I put it in the Discord, it'll oh, yeah. it'll work. Yeah? No? No? Huh. Okay, I guess I'm playing it on my iPhone then. <laughs> okay. This one's in the smash, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. I hear. Trumpets come in. Yeah, <laughs> <trumpet>. <laughs> yep. And yep, it's not a very long loop. That's uh that's about all there is to it. Um Yeah. But alright. <clears throat> I will read us back in. One second. Chukapow is checking this. He he thinks that this song is in Smash. Yeah, and no problem. Wants to wants to make sure. <laughs> ah. Teenagers' curiosity has to be satisfied. <laughs> was that a was that Kenta Nagata, the Twilight Princess? Can't remember. 
Um, so that was Toru Minagishi, actually. It was the main composer right. for Twilight Princess. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kenta Nagata, I think, was – I know I know he um, – they worked on Wind Waker. I think they also okay. did uh, – I can't remember if they did Phantom Hourglass. Um, I feel like they had a hand in Skyward Sword. Yeah. Okay. Now I have to look up that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wind Waker and Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition <laughs> and um, oh, Link's okay. Crossbow Training. So Yeah, I yeah. thought – Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's a pretty cool title theme, but that's about it. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot to that game. Yeah, I mean I <laughs> – Yeah, here it is. I wouldn't be surprised. It's just, uh, it's just too bad to have uh, – too bad to have your music lost to the ages on a title like that. I, I know, right? It's not going to be a like a Switch re-release of that one. And okay, yes, also did work on Phantom Hourglass, but that was pretty much it. Um, Wind Waker, Phantom Hourglass, and okay, this is reporting a game called Navi Trackers, which I've never heard of. Legend of Zelda Navi Trackers, which I've never heard of before. Huh. Two. Okay, before I get off on too much of a tangent here. Let's not bring up Hey You Pikachu again. <laughs> um, okay, Navi Trackers is a game mode of The Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures that is only available in the Japanese and Korean versions oh, of the game. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll go ahead and read us back in now. So stop pushing buttons. <clears throat> and that's a wrap.